Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this podcast, I will go over highlights from the past week in Lubbock and the South Plains and offer a look ahead to interesting stories our newsroom will be working on this week. I'm bringing in a few of the Avalanche Journal's reporters to share a bit about a few of the stories they're working on. So let's get started. Here to talk civics with us is government reporter Alex Driggers. You've got a uh, date at Table 82 on Tuesday uh, late morning, brunch time. Uh, why are you going there on Tuesday? Well, I, I wish it was a date, but unfortunately it's not. It's, uh, it's a rally that Governor Greg Abbott is holding there at Table 82. That's at 11.30 on Tuesday morning, and that's open to the community Governor Abbott making the most public stop in his campaign uh, here in the midterms so far. We've seen two appearances from his Democratic challenger, Beto O'Rourke, just in the last few months in the Hub City, uh, those drawing large crowds. So it'll be interesting to see um, how Governor Abbott's stop in Lubbock compares and contrasts with Beto's stop just to, to help us kind of gauge maybe uh, where the support is uh, and what that looks like on both sides. And so last week, you also tried to visit with uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, who made a stop here, but that didn't go so well? Well, it was fine. Uh, he was having a fundraising reception here in Lubbock uh, that was not open to the press. It's not like we got into a fistfight or anything, but uh, the lieutenant governor did did make a stop here as part of his bus tour uh, across Texas. He's really aiming to hit some of these rural areas on his bus tour, but that tour has been a little bit media shy, as uh, the Texas Tribune reported last week. And then the governor's visit on Tuesday is timely. Uh, Monday's the first day of early voting ahead of the November 8 election. What, what, what should we expect from that? That's exactly right. Early voting starts Monday morning. And uh, in Lubbock County, early voting is taking place at uh, eight United locations, all three Market Streets and Amigos. Uh, there are also... Uh, Polling places in Citizens Tower, the Casey Administration Building at Friendship, and in Idaloo, New Deal, Roosevelt, Shallow Water, Slayton, and at Texas Tech as well. So, uh, and in Abernathy um, for the Lubbock County half of that population. So you can uh, cast your early vote in any one of those polling places. Most of those are open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. with a few exceptions and early voting runs from Monday, October 24th and ends on Friday, November 
4th. So be sure to bring your voter uh, ID, so a driver's license or um, another. Uh, there are many other forms of ID that you can bring to cast your ballot. And all of the details for all of that for voting early in Lubbock County is available on votelubbock.org. And folks going out to vote should also keep in mind or allow for a couple extra seconds uh, with the new paper ballot uh, backup that has been implemented for this upcoming election? That's right. Lubbock is one of the first counties in Texas that has implemented uh, a new type of voting machine as required uh, by the most recent Texas legislator. Instead of just going in and uh, casting your ballot as you normally would by just pressing on the screen and pressing submit, now, there is just a little bit of extra effort required. You'll be given a piece of paper that you have to stick into the voting machine. You cast your ballot like you normally would using the touch screen. And then the machine spits out a paper receipt of your ballot that you cast. Then you have to walk over to another machine that is a scanner that you will put that ballot into. And the scanner will suck your ballot in and read it and count it and deposit it into a box below. And so the county will then keep up with those paper ballots to kind of the idea is to have a backup uh, in case something happens with the electronic record. And our photo editor, Annie Rice, uh, took some time earlier this week to get a tour of the elections office and has a really handy breakdown in uh, photo gallery form of what to expect, what that looks like. So be sure to check that out on uh, LubbockOnline.com. We'll make sure that stays out prominently and we'll share that on social media. It's a uh, very handy visualization of what to expect Mm -hmm. when you're voting. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, thank you. And now we're here with the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter, Mateo Rusilas. You've been focusing on healthcare coverage the last few days. You had a recent interview with Dr. Burke over in the uh, TTUHSC, visited with him about COVID-19. Yes. So we kind of talked about um, long-form COVID. This is now starting to become a trending thing because people are still experiencing COVID-19 symptoms months, even years after being infected with COVID-19. So we were talking about like all the neurological damages that they are experiencing, a lot of headaches, and even brain fog. Um, still to this day, brain fog is still a new phenomenon within the medical community. And there are studies that point to it may be your body creating these um, antibodies when it's getting infected with the virus and makes it way to your brain, but there's not for sure a specific reason why brain fog is a thing. So it's still going to take years to study. That's what he said. Um, so... As of right now, there is no known treatment for long-form COVID. And the thing with long-form COVID is that it complicates diagnosis. So in a sense that you can be having headaches, all these other things going on with you, and it can be misdiagnosed as long-form COVID or an underlying issue that you might have. So it is complicating some things medically in the medical field right now. Understood. And then you also visited with Dr. Burke about the uh, upcoming flu season, which is already starting to pick up and spike, threatening the... uh Um, community. Uh, What were some best practices and things you talked about with him? He just really urged us to get the vaccine if you can, especially those in the older population. Um, They are coming out with this vaccine that is the three strains in one. Um, So it's going to be a little bit stronger than usual this year, just because of all the protocols that we had with uh, COVID-19, such as masks on flights and 
on bus and public transportation are now gone for the first time. So it's very unknown as of right now, the CDC is reporting that we are having a spike already. It is above average where it was in years past. Um, so they are urging everyone to get vaccinated if you can. Um, and if not, then just of course stay home if you're feeling sick. Um, you can always get tested for the flu at any clinic. So that's basically it. Sounds good. Thanks for the update, Mateo. Thank you. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at labaconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock and our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.